welcome everyone to do well and do good. You're here because you have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. I'm your host, Dorothy Ilson, and I'm here to help you discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to introduce to you today's guest, Zachary Babcock, who has an incredible story of going from prison to prosperity and is now helping to lift up thousands of others. But before I jump in and tell you more about Zachary, today's episode is brought to you by Needles Eye Media, the premier media buying partner for seven-figure personal brands and other digital product businesses who are looking to scale with paid traffic. I mentioned this last week, but I want to be sure and touch on it again that we are hiring. So if you or anyone you know has experienced managing ad campaigns and may be interested in joining the team, then shoot me a message to Dorothy at Needles Eye media.com. Now, without further ado, my guest, Zachary Babcock, spent over five years in prison, but today he is rubbing elbows with multimillionaires and helping entrepreneurs to launch, grow, and monetize top shelf passive income businesses and their personal brands. He interviews celebrities and industry leaders on the top rated Apple podcast, Underdog Empowerment, and has a broad perspective from both extremes of life. Zachary, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm excited to have you here. Wow. Thanks for having me, Dorothy. I'm, uh, I'm excited as well. You know, I was telling uh, I was telling you just before we hit record that I have just been hearing so many people talk about you. We have a mutual friend list a mile long. And so you're someone who, you know, I'm just so stoked to you really get to dive into your story and share with my audience. So, you know, set the stage for us. What was life like for you growing up and how did you end up on the path that ultimately led to jail time? Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, for sure. It, it, growing up, uh, I was raised by a great, my, my mom, she was awesome, but he, I was, my father died when I was seven. And I never really had that male role model figure growing up after that. And so I chose to f- hang out with the crowd that quote unquote, the cruel crowd. I never really had any like chief aim, uh, in life leading up to this point. And I would do things that were outside of my character in order to fit in with this quote unquote cool crowd. And, uh, you know, that led to eventually, uh, going out one night and catching a bunch of cases for stealing from houses and, um, and stealing cars as being an idiot, 17 year old idiot. Right. And, um, and then eventually after that happened, I thought my life was over and I started going off the deep end and graduated from smoking weed to doing ecstasy. And before I knew it, I was snorting Coke then smoking crack and shooting heroin. Like it was bad going off the deep end. And that was right before I went to prison, uh, for four years on a, on a seven year sentence. Wow. So, I, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine, you know, what, what a roller coaster that time was for you. And then, you know, how, how did things start to shift? Was that when you were in prison that you started to decide, you know, I don't want this to be my life anymore? Or, or when did that happen? Yeah, it was like kind of a, it was a series of events. And then there was the event that broke the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak when I was in there the first time about halfway in, you know, I had this experience where my sister passed away when I was in the, in the hole, which is a prison inside a prison. 
it was crazy, but that I wouldn't change it for the world because it really built uh, a lot of strength of character. I would say uh, it taught me some, you know, how to deal with some adversity. Um, and that was kind of like a shift. That's when I started to realize that, hey, uh, you know, like I have control over my circumstance. Circumstances doesn't have control over me. Even if, you know, things happen to you that you can't necessarily control, you can always control how you respond to things. Um, so that was a great lesson, but still, I didn't get myself all the way together yet. I was 21 at the time, and I still had two years left uh, of my prison sentence before, and I didn't even know what time I was going home at this time. So long story short, I got out when I was 23, stayed out for about two years, uh, and then I went back to prison uh, for being being an alcoholic, and that was 20 days before my twin sons were born, and that was, yeah, that was it. That was after that, Dorothy, I was like, ah, screw this. I'm done. You know, all I wanted to be was a father that I didn't have growing up. And now I'm missing out on this. And I'm, if I continue doing the same thing, I'm going to continue getting the same results or dead. So I got to change everything. And that was the moment that I started moving in a completely different direction. Absolutely incredible. So what was your experience like going out and trying to find a job with your record behind you? Uh, it was horrible. No, it was great. <laughs> it was it was amazing because it brought me to where I'm at now. But there was absolutely no luck, and that's part. Of, it's part of my mission now. Like, I won't get too deep into it, but you know, anybody that goes to prison, it's their fault. They put themselves there. Uh, I put myself in prison. I also got myself out. However, the system, man, is totally broken. Uh, the the recidivism rate nationwide is ridiculous. It's a clear indicator that the stuff doesn't work. And having gone through the system myself, the resources that are offered are complete bullshit. They don't, they don't help out. Um, now and that's not to say that you can't get your act together and it's totally on you, but I feel like they're, I feel like it's designed to keep you dependent on the system, welfare, food stamps, assisted living, like this, keeping you dependent on something instead of teaching you real practical life skills, go out and better yourself and do something. So yeah, long story short, I, I kind of get passionate when I talk about that, but, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't great. You know, when you come out of prison, you got a felony, you're not getting a job anywhere, especially in you know, corporate America, you could get something under the table. And so I kept getting nose, 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 nose. And then I got introduced to network marketing at the time. Didn't you know what it was? You couldn't scare me off the word pyramid scheme, <laughs> but I did that. <laughs> I did that for about two years. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so screwed up, right? I mean, I, I actually have a, a close friend of mine who works at a software company and she was sharing with me a story just last week of uh, a guy who got hired there and who was absolutely crushing it. He was like by far the, the best person in his hiring class. He was, you know, just doing an incredible job and someone at the company, uh, Googled him. Who knows why? But they Googled him and they found out that he had been convicted of a felony. And they told HR and he ended up getting fired. And Dude, are you it, kidding me? It was, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's so fucked up. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't usually say it on my show, but it, it really is. And so, you know, I guess what is your your perspective on on that, you know, having gone through your experience? Dude, I love that you asked this question. The reason why I got so hyped up because I skipped over, you know, I didn't want to sit here and talk your ear off. But when I, before I went back to prison, I, I got out and I got into a, as a bar at a bar and grill as a cook working 40 to 60 hours a week, top worker, hands down. And then I got a job at a clothing store and the set on sales, which is, I was like, yes, I'm finally putting my past behind me. I'm moving up, whatever. I got uh, promoted my third day on because I sold 3000. The whole store did 9,000 the entire day. I did that in six hours. So third day I get the promotion. I'm like, yes. 
And I put in my two weeks at the bar and grill where I had some stability in my life. And then two days later, HR calls me. Oh yeah, Mr. Babcock, you're a convicted felon, kick rocks. And, and that, that, that could have been, that's no excuse. Cause I should have kept my chin up and, and searched for other opportunity, but I chose to feel sorry and throw a pity party and became an alcoholic. And that's what led me back to prison. Um, but that was great because that taught me a lesson though. But, um, but yeah, you see, you know, like that's crazy because it's a similar situation with, with that happened with, with, with old boy. And so my perspective, uh, on that is it, there's no way to like, you know, change that aspect of it because you're going to walk around with that X around you for the rest of your life. And that's why we hire convicted felons in our agency and not just any convicted felon. Cause let's, let's be real here. Not everybody coming out of prison is ready to turn their life around. Most of them quite frankly, aren't, uh, they're not ready yet, but for the ones that are ready and that are done and that are, you know, people like myself, uh, we provide them with a job that they can actually feed themselves and their families with right out the gate and then we're going to provide them with the resources that aren't currently offered as far as like, you know, like they'll, they'll have to read specific books that we, they, they have to read specific books that we outline that helps work with build character. But they also go through other programs. And for the guys that are cut out to be entrepreneurs, they won't need us for long. They'll be able to hop out the nest and go do their own thing. And for the guys and gals that aren't, that's okay. Cause not everybody's cut out to be entrepreneur. They can continue to work for us and we give them pay raises. And that way we're providing them with, with something right out the gate that's tangible and that's not a jump around, a whole loop of jumping around through hoops and never getting anywhere. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone deserves a chance to, to change. And I think what's so incredible about your story is that, you know, you did get knocked down like that, but you decided, you know, not to, not to take that as the final word and instead to turn to entrepreneurship where, you know, you could really write your own story. Uh, and so what I think is, is interesting is, you know, you and I actually have something in common, which is that we were both introduced to personal development and set off on, you know, the, the path of entrepreneurship of entrepreneurship, excuse me, through network marketing. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what is your opinion on that industry looking back now? I love it. I'm so grateful for it. Um, just because even though I don't, I haven't been, had anything to do with network marketing since the very end of 2016 now. Um, but I love it because like you mentioned, it first and foremost, it introduced me to personal development before that. I didn't even know what self-help books were. I didn't even read books before network marketing. And then, um, you know, I was able to produce almost a $2,000 a month residual income within my first six months in it. And that's not like, oh my God, you're rich or nothing. But for a guy coming out of prison that didn't have anything, it was a game changer, you know? <laughs> and uh, more importantly, though, the most important piece is it showed me that I could create a life by design instead of having my past dictate where I move in the future. So I love it. Now, I will say this, um, network marketing has such a bad rap and because I would say the majority, I don't know the exact percentages, but the majority of companies and network marketers do it wrong. And they don't, you know, they don't, they skip the whole relationship building process and they're focused more on recruitment rather than the the quality of the product and, and uh, marketing it. And they don't know how to market. Um, but there are good network marketers out there and there are good network marketing companies out there, just like in every industry, there's good and bad. You know, it just happens to be a little bit more bad than good in network marketing. And it could be fixed, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs>
Yeah. Well, you know, so with, with what you're doing now with underdog empowerment, you know, it's really all about inspiring people, first of all, to, you know, to create something incredible out of their lives and to really do that through podcasting and through passive income businesses. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about that, you know, what, you know, what you're all about these days and, and how you're helping people to do that. Oh, wow. Uh, so this is funny. When I left network marketing and I cut the cord, I'm like, I'm just going to go all in on this because I didn't, I was done with network marketing. Um, for the next year and a half, Dorothy, I, I literally wanted to bash my head against brick walls trying to figure out <laughs> how, to, how to actually produce a, an income to support my family. And because I didn't know anything about business, I didn't know anything about, um, about marketing and most importantly, I hadn't developed skills that were valuable in the marketplace because the market will always determine your value. And most internet entrepreneurs try to skip these steps, which I did myself, try to skip these steps and already go straight to the end goal versus taking the time to really develop actual skills that are going to help people. So, you know, it was a learning process. And over the, you know, over the course of a year, so here's how Underdog Empowerment, though, got to answer your question. Every time I tried to collaborate with somebody, uh, nobody took me seriously. I was just that ex-convict turn entrepreneur afterthought that nobody gave the time of day to. And I was pissed. And and I get it. You know, everybody judges. People say, oh, I don't judge. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. You literally, everybody, as soon as you lay eyes on someone, you're immediately forming an opinion of them. It's like we're built, it's built into our brain that we're hardwired that way for survival. So there's literally no way around it. But I wasn't going to let that judgment keep me, you know, in that box or whatever. And so I, out of that frustration, out of that pain, uh, I said, you know, I, for, for selfish reasons, first and foremost, to fill up my cup because you can't fill up any other cup unless you take care of yourself first. I started Underdog Empowerment. And it was crazy because it, it, we became a top-rated podcast third day. Uh, the next week, we were interviewing Billie Jean's marketing. Just been a snowball effect ever since. So I literally went from nobody wanting anything to do with me to interviewing celebrities in a week's worth of time. And I was mind blown and it was just this, yeah, it was crazy. And that's how, how we got started on it. Sorry for the long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I love it. You know, I'm curious now, you know, having, having gone through everything you've been through and now having, you know, interviewed so many unbelievable people on your show and just everyone you've helped, how do you think that being an underdog is an advantage or would you say that it is in any way? Oh, yes. So I, I say this all the time. And, and like, so here's society, society, the, what was the best way to word this? Um, fuck it. Society is stupid sometimes. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, and may, you know, it's, this is just, a, just my belief. So I can't say society stupid, but this is my firm belief that I stand completely behind being underprivileged is the fucking privilege. What don't you get? If you have, if you are spoon fed uh, with a silver spoon and given everything and you don't have to fight and struggle and it's not harder for you to get somewhere, you're actually at a disadvantage because the person that has to fight is going to win every single time they go heads up with you and they're going to figure it out and they got the character. They're going to, they're going to get through all the toughness and they're going to build up these skills that are unbreakable in the process. And you're not going to be able to knock that person off of whatever sites that they have on. So I don't get when people say like, Oh, this person's like, like privileged or whatever, or white, whatever the hell you want to call white privilege. Okay. Awesome. Let them have that white privilege, dude. All right. You're going to be able to come up any dude. I, I know I will. I'm not going to say anybody, but anybody that has all these resources that's never had to fight for anything in their life. 
I'm going to win against them heads up every single time. And I'm not saying that in, in from an arrogant standpoint. I'm just being real here. Like you put me heads up with anybody that's never had to fight through anything. I'm going to win every single time. So yeah, that whole underdog mentality is, dude, you are an, at an advantage if you are the underdog with everybody counting you out because now you just got some extra jet fuel. The only thing you really have to dial in as an underdog because this is the most important piece because the motivation of people counting you out, eventually you're going to do everything that they said you couldn't do. And that motivation comes and goes. It's just good to have a little extra jet fuel, but some days it's not going to be there. So the only thing you have to dial in as an underdog is to have strong enough reasons why you're doing it in the first place. And that's what's going to get you through anything. For me, it started off missing my, in that prison cell, missing out on my twin boys being born and not even knowing what they looked like for a month and a half. That's what drove me in the beginning, and it still does. And, and to be the father that I didn't have growing up, and now it's grown and evolved into so much more. Like I talked about with our goal of 9% recidivism rate nationwide or lower. That's crazy if you look at the recidivism rate, but I don't care, man. That's our goal, and we're sticking to it. So things like that that drive you, that keep you thirsty and hunger, that's going to get you through any of that. Sorry for the long-winded answer again. No, I love your long-winded answers. Keep them coming. I mean, I think one one thing I'm curious about is, you know, for someone who is that underdog, who feels like the whole world is against them, you know, it's, you can listen to, you know, someone like yourself who's made it to the other side. And I would imagine it's easy to think, you know, oh, but, but I can't do that. You know, who, who am I to do that? Like, do I have what it takes? So for someone like that, how do you start to build the confidence to, you know, even get that energy and, and go out and, and try to make it happen? That is such a good question. It's something that me and my uh, personal trainer talked about a lot. I've been working on out with him for about two years now. And I really, he's more like a life coach than anything, <laughs> but no, he's awesome. But, um, so prior to this conversation, my whole thought philosophy was, dude, take ownership of everything in your life um, and quit being, quit being a pussy, whatever, go out and do it. You know what I'm saying? Or whatnot. And so like, I would call people out, you know, like, I'm just gonna use a hypothetical situation. Like if you're complete, if you're 30, 50 pounds overweight, dude, you're, you're, you're being fat. Like, why are you do like, this is your decision. You can get it together. Kind of be that hard, tough love up in their face, you know, shake up their patterns, not enable them. But then my personal trainer said something to me. It's like, it's like, yeah, that's cool. And all I get it. I'm down with it. I'm, I totally relate, dude. And like, you know, I would respond well to that. But what, what happens if you say that, you know, and you're, you're, he's like, your goal is to help this person, right? I'm like, absolutely, dude. That's the whole reason why I'm doing it. He's like, so what happens if you say that to someone and it, it just shatters them and they go and kill themselves afterwards? Are you, are you achieving your goal then? I'm like, ah, oh. I'm like, damn, yeah, dude. Okay. You know, because he got me to look at it from an objective view. And so, in those cases, for that person that doesn't have that confidence, um, it, it's it's hard because I, I, I here's where I was privileged at. I was privileged with a mother that literally spoiled me with affection, totally spoiled me with affection, built me up so much as a kid, always said, you're going to do great things, like always was there. And so like I had that confidence and it's crazy because I didn't even know about this until I read Robert Greene's book where he talks about that relationship with the mother son. And if you're like spoiled with affection by the mother at the young age, you'll like have like this, a really like vibrant confidence that kind of uh, attracts people. So like, I guess I, I'm totally lucky and, and privileged on that side. And so it's hard for me to say for the person that doesn't have that confidence, I'm trying to sit here and flesh out the answer. I'm like, 
you, you can do it. Cause I've seen people and I know that there's been points and times in my life where my confidence has been shit, you know? And, and it really, I think it really comes down to, you know, when I didn't have those is when I didn't have that strong enough reason why I'm doing it in the first place. And if you have that, you can break through, you can work through those tough times because nothing in life is going to be easy and nothing's going to be handed to you. You're going to have to, you know, you have to work through some things. So yeah, yeah I don't know. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think the only thing I, I might add is that confidence, just like most things, it's, it's a muscle, right? It's something you grow. It's something you develop. And so I, I think for me, a big part of developing confidence was just about flooding my mind with positivity and, you know, encouraging content and, you know, reading those books and listening to podcasts and, uh, you know, just really blocking out anything else that wasn't going to be positive and encouraging and, and supportive in that direction. Yeah, 100%. Just like, like you said, anything else, it's a muscle you build up con consistency. Yeah. Well, so talk to me about podcasting because, you know, this is really where you have staked your flag. And I think what is uh, just absolutely incredible is that your, your mentorship, your coaching for people launching podcasts, you have a 100% success rate on getting those people top rated podcasts. Is that, um, did I read that right? That's unbelievable. Yeah. So we say, uh, anybody, you know, if you if you come work with us, mm -hmm. we're going to get you a top rated podcast in five weeks or less. And then everybody that we've worked with has done it in 48 hours or less. So we like to <sighs> give ourselves some wiggle room there or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Under promise over deliver, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to give ourselves some space. <laughs> so why do you think that podcasting is such a powerful tool for building a business? Oh, wow. Like there's so many different ways, but for one, you're, you're able to align yourself with, with celebrity type people. And anytime you're able to align your brand with other celebrities, you're, you're borrowing that credibility and you're showing that you have that relationship for one. Uh, and so it's positioning yourself in the marketplace above everybody else that's in your marketplace. That's, you know, like all the other experts. Well, now you become the celebrity expert in that process. Um, but most importantly, the relationships that you're able to build, like just like this right now, it's our first time ever talking in person. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be like inboxing each other from here on out, you know, anytime something like, you know what I mean? Just those relationships. And you never know where those relationships can be, you know, where you could take, I can't, I can't even count on my hands how many powerful relationships I've formed just through podcasting. Mm -hmm. Well, so of course, anyone who, you know, wants to, wants to do that, wants to get a top rated podcast in five weeks, they need to come hire you. But if you're willing to peel back the curtain a little bit, you know, what are some tips for a new podcaster to you know, really set themselves up for success in the best way? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you how to get ranked right now. So, cause dude, there's literally a lot that goes into podcasts, you know, growing your podcast by a thousand new downloads each and every month, interviewing celebrities consistently, uh, generating at least a thousand or more off your podcast, all that stuff. But if you're just starting out, uh, you want to carry this momentum of getting ranked and then being able to leverage that for one, it's going to get everybody that already knows you hyped up and excited. Like, wow, she's a top rated podcaster or whatnot. Um, but also you're able to leverage that and use that to get uh, other celebrity guests on your show. Um, so the only four metrics that matter on Apple podcasts, you know, everybody's like, Oh, you, you got to have a huge audience or you got to know someone that works at Apple or whatever, whatever the hell it is. And it's just not true. Um, all that matters is reviews, ratings, subscribers, and downloads. Those four metrics in that order reviews is like the most valued metric, then ratings, then uh, subscribers and downloads. So when you first starting out, you're lacking all those, obviously, but you're 
if you look at other podcasters that have been in the game for a while, you know, you got some people that have been doing it since for, for over 10 years, whatnot, and they're getting thousands, if not millions of monthly downloads. So you're really slacking right there, but that's also the lowest, most lowest, most value metric. So if you focus on getting written reviews right out the gate, you, you can easily get ranked and you won't stay there right out the gate starting out and you can climb back in like, like I have and a lot of our clients have. But when you're just starting out, you'll get that ranking, you get that screenshot, boom, you can leverage that, you're a top-rated podcaster, nobody can take that away from you. And then you can climb back in over time. But how you actually do that, most people mess up and they're like, oh, can you, uh, they'll, they'll make a post on Facebook like, hey, can you, can you write, write a review for me, blah, blah, blah. And nobody does shit because it's a general message that nobody's going to stop and take their time to actually do it. So, so you could do it a number of different ways, but send, I do it at the time. I didn't have much resources. I wasn't, didn't make it and make any breakthroughs in business yet. So I used the resource. I got resourceful and I just messaged people one-on-one and literally sent this message out over 3000. I don't remember exactly. It was 3,400 friends that I had on Facebook at the time. And I messaged all of them, but, uh, and I, a lot of copy and paste, but I did it in a way, and I learned this from my network marketing days of what not to do. <laughs> but uh, instead of just spamming people like, hey, I just started a podcast. Here's a link. Can you, can you, can you review? That's like spamming people and just copy pasting it. You know, like, you got to actually treat people like real human beings. <laughs> That's the key to winning here and building, building relationships, right? And so here's a script right here. Hey, man, I got a huge favor to ask. And then you wait for them to respond. I'm like, Dude, can you subscribe to my podcast and write a five-star review if I send you the link? You're asking them to subscribe to your podcast. Once you subscribe, that automatically starts downloading, so you're covering both metrics there. And then can you write a five-star written review? Anytime anybody writes any review, they have to rate it anyway. So you're covering all four metrics, and you say, if I send you the link, that's key. You're not sounding needy and desperate. You're saying, hey, if I do this, will you do that? And and then most of the time, I've never had nobody flat out say no. I have had people say, oh, I had to listen to a few episodes before I actually write a review, which is cool. And then you recommend a few episodes for them to check out. Uh, but after they say, yeah, then you say, dude, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking your time to do this. And then you drop your link. And that's do it exactly like that. Don't switch it up at all. Because if you start talking about all this other stuff, you say, dude, I thank you for taking your time to do this. And then drop the link. The psychology, the last thing they see is the link. They'll click it and go leave your review. That's one way. You can run a competition uh, uh, contest giveaway and have people, if you don't want don't, don't to take all that time, and have people go leave reviews using apps like King Sumo. There's literally a bunch of different ways to do it. And I'm going to shut up now because sometimes I get to talk. <laughs> no, I, I, that is gold right there. So, you know, is it best to get, like, do you want all of your reviews on day one when you launch? Do you want to, you know, stagger it and show growth? And what's the, what's the best way to get those to land in that uh, top rate spot? I don't have a concrete answer, but what we've seen and what I'm thinking, this is this is speculation here, uh, because I don't know that I'm like not, not, not like best friends with the algorithm. I can't call them up and say, "Hey, homie, how's this working out?" But uh, I noticed that I think it's like a progression. So like day one, because I've never we've never gotten anybody in 24 hours or less, and that's our goal. We've been trying to do that. It's always after 24 hours. So I think it's a progression thing where you get more than what you got the first day. I'm thinking it's totally speculation, but that's what it's looked like with every single person that we've got ranked. And we've got over 20, 20 something podcasters in the top uh, 200. So 
I think that's it. So I think I, what I would do is pump out like five to 10 reviews the first day and then just go hard the second day and get a, a ton of them after that. I love it. Well, so Zachary, you know, I, I just think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing and, and the, the results that you're getting for people, I mean, clearly speak for themselves. So, you know, as we close out the show here, you know, what would be any parting words, you know, to, to the underdogs who are listening, you know, to the people who are, you know, maybe where you were, you know, a couple of years ago and are just at the start of their journey, you know, what, what do you want to leave them with? No doubt. We'll go to the mindset side because that's always the root of everything. I mean, you can, the business stuff is easy when you get the mindset dialed in. Um, for me, like when I, when I, when I lost my sister from a heroin overdose and I was in that, in that hole, which was the prison inside of prison, I could walk three steps this way, three steps that way. There's no way I'm getting out of there. It's cold, dark, dirty, depressing, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I was broken, found out that my sister just died. I'm, not even expecting that, you know, I'm thinking like I got called back to the captain's office because somebody told on me or something. And then they gave me that 30 second phone call to my mom. We're bawling our eyes out, telling each other that we love each other. And then the phone hangs up and then they put me in a cell by myself. And I'm literally there for the next three days going crazy. All I could think about was all the mean things I ever said and did to my sister, the goodbye. I never get to tell her my mom being at the funeral without me, her being in agony that she just lost her daughter, her only son's in prison, like all this stuff. Right. And I didn't get out of bed to eat. I didn't get out of the only time I got out of my bunk was to use the restroom. I just sat there and cried my eyes out. And on that third day, though, I woke up and I'm like, I don't know why, what the reason why I'm still here, but I'm here for, for a reason. Obviously, what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? And at the time, this is 2010. I didn't even know what self-help was or I ever read any self-help books. Um, you know, in 2017, though, I read this book by Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. He literally breaks down what I did in that moment. I'm like, holy crap. Um, but the, the quality of questions that you ask yourself determine the quality of your life. Anytime you hear a question, period, your brain immediately searches for the answer. So if I'm like, Dorothy, what, what color are, you, are your shoes? You, me, and everybody listening to this podcast are thinking about what color are Dorothy's shoes right now. It's just how our brain works. And so in those situations where you're frustrated or it feels like the world's crumbling around you or feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of times we ask the wrong questions. I used to, I used to ask the wrong questions all the time. Like, Oh, why does this always have to happen to me? And all that shit. And you're focusing your brain on the wrong things. Like, why does this always have to happen to me? Instead of saying, what can I do right now to find happiness and peace? What's the next step that I can take that's going to bring me closer to, the, to my goal? How's the best way that I can handle this situation that's going to put me and everybody else in a position to win? Those are empowering questions because then you start looking for the right answers. That'd be the first piece. And the second piece is to know, dude, no matter what you always control, how you respond, you, you, have, you have complete control over every single circumstance. A tornado could come break your house down, kill your family. God forbid all that happens, Right. And you can either choose to be miserable about it and, and kill yourself or go out and kill other people or just live a horrible life afterwards. Or you could choose to go out and do some good things and help other people, maybe going through the same situation or empowering other people. Whatever you decide to do, though, it's your choice. You decide what to do after that. So you always had the, the power is always in your court at all times. And that's what I would leave anybody with. Absolutely amazing. You know, we really do create our own realities and, and you just explained that perfectly. So I can't think of a better place to, to leave it than there, you know, for everyone listening, underdog empowerment is truly one of the most incredible podcasts out there. I mean, what Zachary is doing is 
inspirational beyond words. So you already are a podcast listener. So as soon as you close this out, head over to Underdog Empowerment wherever you find your podcasts. Zachary, where else can people go to connect with you to you know uh, get more info on your services and to follow what you're doing? Thank you so much. Yeah, I was going to say the podcast is the best place uh, to make it really easy for everyone. Underdogempowerment.com. It has the podcast right there. And if you want to look at anything else there, it's all right there. Thank you so much, Dorothy. And uh, yeah, this was fun. Thank you. This was fun. I appreciate it so much. All right, everyone. That's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to genuinely thank you for giving me this gift of your time and attention. If you are getting value from the podcast, the most helpful thing you can do is leave a five-star review and share this with your friends. It truly means the world to be able to spread this message with you, and I'm so grateful for your help. So with that, I hope this episode has inspired you to go out there and do well and do good, and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you.